Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Hashivan President of Yeshivat Chovei Torah Rabbinical School. We're back now after a hiatus of about a year, and we are so thrilled to be back and so thrilled for the episodes we have coming up. When we last left off, we were on the letter L for Lifne Iver, or leading someone to sin. And we were looking at Kuvotov of Moshe Feinstein around the application of this to regarding non-observant Jews. We saw there that Rav Moshe Feinstein uh, framed the prohibition not interpersonally and in how you're hurting the other person, but in regards to the sin itself, that you're bringing a sin, you're helping to bring a sin into the world. And this meant that when dealing with non-observant Jews, uh, he did not find a basis for being lenient, because a person could have said that based on the principle of Tino Shanishba, that non-observant Jews are, uh, because of their upbringing in a non-Orthodox context, if that was the case, are not really held uh, liable for their transgressions, that you're really not hurting this person, because uh, even if they sin, it's not something that they'll be held you know, heavenly liable for. But Rav Moshe dismisses this, and he says, no, the problem is not the impact on the person. The problem is bringing sin into the world. And we saw that this actually was in um, contrast to a position of Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach. Rav Orbach really focused on how you are hurting the other person in a religious sense. And therefore, Rav Orbach said that uh, if the... um, if what you are doing ultimately is better for the person religiously, then there would not be a leaf naive problem, even if in the in the micro the person was sinning as a result of you, if in the macro the person was actually connecting more to a world of Torah and mitzvos. Um, and that's a very powerful perspective that lets us look big picture and macro, as opposed to Rav Moshe, who focuses not on the what you're doing to the other person, but on the sin and makes us ask ourselves whether you are bringing the sin into the world or not, or helping bring it into the world. So we now turn to a very important uh, set of chuvot, two chuvot that Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote regarding uh, the uh, inviting people to events on Shabbat, whether it is inviting people to the synagogue on Shabbat who will drive to, to Shul, whether it's inviting friends to your house on Shabbat and they'll drive to your home, um, people coming for a school that runs on Shabbat. And uh, these are, of course, issues that we deal with on a regular basis and particularly started coming up in the uh, 50s. He received a number of questions about it. And here, actually, it's a sort of uh, perfect way to see the differences between a Rav Shlomo Zaman approach and a Rav Moshe approach. A Rav Shlomo Zaman approach would probably start from the perspective of, uh, is this uh, for the person's religious benefit? And the answer is, yes, of course, it's for the person's religious benefit, connecting them to a nice family Shabbat experience, connecting them to a, an Orthodox shul on Shabbat. And if that means that the person is going to drive, um, that's much more of a micro perspective. And in the big picture, you're not creating a stumbling block and you're not hurting the person religiously, especially because the person will probably drive even without, uh, for other reasons, on Shabbat. Whereas from Rav Moshe's perspective, your invitation is leading the person to do a sin and is bringing a sin into the world. And that's really the focus. So we take a look at these two chuvot and we'll see how they play out. Both of these two vote appear side by side in the first portion of Orchaim, Orchaim 1, 98 and 99, and they both come from the 1950s. So the first one reads as follows. This is Orchaim 198. He says, uh, You specifically want to create a learner service uh, to educate people how to daven, kids how to daven, who are not from a religious background. And they will certainly come. The only way they can come is by driving. And this is in 1955, and it's he's, it's addressed to Harav Marina, uh, Marina Rav Aryeh Moshe Eliyahu Klap, uh, Kaplan, 
That name might ring a bell for some. Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan was a major fi- figure in the Orthodox Jewish community, a, a scientist and somebody who uh, came to a life of observance later in life, was extremely prolific. Many people know that he wrote books on Jewish meditation. And he here um, is writing a question to Rav Moshe in 1955. And it was actually known that he took a position in a non-Orthodox com- uh, community school, um, day school in Louisville, Kentucky at this time. So presumably this question emerges from his uh, rabbinate in this context when there are a lot of non-observant Jews and he has an opportunity to be reaching out and extend and teaching them and educating them, but worried about the consequences of Chilul Shabbat. And Rav Moshe writes as follows. He says, So again, he wants to make a minyan in order to educate kids in davening. And they'll definitely come and violate Shabbat. They'll drive because they're uh, distant from the place and it's, there's no way they're going to walk. So he says, Pashut ubarur. It is clear and obvious. Shasur that even for minors, it is forbidden. Uh, you might say minors, it's not considered a violation. No, says Rav Moshe, it's forbidden even for minors. First of all, why is being mechanich them, why is educating them in davening uh, more important than educating them in Shabbat? So, uh, you know, you are helping their chinuch in one way and you're hurting it in another. Now, let's just pause here for a second because one could have said, you know, number one, if they're not held liable for their sins, it's not a problem. Um, as we've seen, Rav Moshe Feinstein does not take that approach. He says, you're bringing a sin into the world. Um, and maybe, therefore, it applies even to minors as it would apply to non-observant Jews. Maybe not. Maybe what, not, what minors do isn't really considered a sin. So let's put that aside. So Rav Moshe says, okay, but let's look at the, at, at the aspect of chinuch. Are you educating them? Are you educating them to violate Shabbat? And here, I think a normal approach would have said, you know, that one minute, you are bringing them close to a Shabbos experience, to Shabbos davening, to a, to a synagogue. Um, and obviously, the big picture chinuch here is only helping them. Forget whether you look at Leif Neiver's big picture or small picture. The chinuch perspective, this is bringing them closer to a world of Torah and mitzvot. But even here, Rav Moshe looks at it at the micro, and he says that this is actually teaching them that it's okay to violate Shabbat, which one could definitely question. And then he adds the key line, which is his punchline. And he says the following. Okay? And he says, it's what's actually worse is by extending an invitation, it's like you are telling them to violate Shabbat. It's not just standard where you're the occasion of the sin. Your invitation led, for, led them to drive, and their, or their parents to drive them, and therefore you are initiating it and almost as if you are asking them to violate Shabbat. And this is a tremendous innovation of Rav Moshe Feinstein, which we will see in the next Shuva, and how he actually frames it based on a Talmudic concept. So in this tshuva, Rav Moshe, basic, Rav Moshe has said that it applies even to minors, which is not a surprise, yeah, given his similar approach to non-observant Jews. It doesn't matter if they're being held liable or not. And he says that um, from a chinuch perspective, he sees that it's a negative, you know, chinuch, negative chinuch about chilul Shabbat, whereas we could have definitely have said that it's a positive one. The bigger picture is positive. You're not giving them direct education about chilul Shabbat. Um, that's happening incidentally. And the final point that he ends with is when you are extending the invitation, then you really are 
it's much worse than any other category. It's like they are sinning because you have initiated it, because you essentially have told them to sin. Now, this idea plays out in the Tshuva that follows, which actually is uh, dated um, two years earlier. And this is in Archaim 199, and he says as follows. So now we're talking not about minors, but about adults. Can you extend an invitation that they'll come to pray in Shul? When you know that they will drive in cars, and this is dated... um, on the 40th of the Omer, so that's actually right around this time of year, 1953. And here the questioner was, me Detroit. And the question is the similar, can you invite somebody to come to Shul if you know they will drive to Shul on Shabbat? And here it comes, he starts right away with the punchline, and this really uh, sharpens what we saw in the previous Tshuva, that it's like you are telling the person to violate. And he says the following, Veshavti, I responded, that in order to invite people that there's no way they're going to come without driving. So, it's definitely forbidden. It's worse than Lifnei'ver. Why? You are in the category of Mesit, of seducing, enticing somebody to sin. And Rav Moshe first says, we find this concept in the Talmud by Avodazar, well, in the Torah by Avodazar, when you ask somebody to come and you uh, seduce them to come worship Avodah and the Talmud applies it to the Nachash, to the serpent, seducing Eve to eat from the Eitz Hadas. And Rav Moshe says this is a concept that applies to all sins, that it's when you actually, through your invitation, through your request, what you're really requesting the person and asking the person to do is to sin. Now, it's one thing if you ask them directly to sin, another thing if you ask them to do a mitzvah to come and celebrate Shabbat, but it implies sinning, but Rav Moshe conflicts those two, and he creates this category of mesit. And therefore, he says this really is completely out of the question. The only thing that he's willing to consider is two alternatives. One alternative is when uh, they don't have to drive. There's other ways they can get to you. Um, they can walk and so on, although they'll most likely drive. And the other alternative is you don't directly invite them, but you uh, make an announcement. We're going to be having Shabbat services, um, you know, even if there's some type of a prize that's given to the kids who will come to the service, but as long as you don't make a direct um, a direct invitation. And here Rav Moshe says that this wouldn't be in the category of mesit, either of these, but you would still have to sort of navigate the leaf naiver types of concerns. Are you still being an occasion for somebody's sin? Are you still, you know, making them stumble and so on? And those issues might exist, uh, especially when they'll most likely drive, but at least it would not be in the category of mesit. So this is a um, huge innovation of Rav Moshe to create this uh, category, and it actually would have a lot, uh, you know, really profound implications about trying to uh, connect with non-observant Jews and have them participate in some part of the Shabbos experience, whether at your home or at the synagogue. So, one way that this has been addressed for those that really adopt Rav Moshe's approach, either from a formal halachic perspective or do understand the deep problematics of asking somebody to do something that will necessarily entail a violation. So one way to do this is to try to make it more possible or be more explicit about uh, that they don't have to drive to you. If you're having them come to your home for a Shabbat meal to say, you know, we'd love for you to stay the whole Shabbat. We have a guest room for you. We'll put you up or we'll put you up in a nearby, you know, uh, B&B. Um, 
um, and to try to create opportunities and really extend invitations of ways that they don't have to uh, drive to you on Shabbat. Um, so that's uh, one approach that a lot of uh, people take nowadays. Um, you know, and there's interesting questions also of what means that they'll have to violate Shabbat. They could take the subway, which wouldn't be as bad as driving the car. But anyway, one approach to address Rev Moshe's concerns is to make it more likely and open up the invitation that they can, uh, that they don't have to drive. Um, it should be said that here is where really Rav Shlomo Zalman's approach maybe is most relevant. Even if one agrees with Rav Moshe that Leif Ne'iver focuses specifically on the concrete sin and not on the bigger picture of are you sort of helping a person religiously or hurting them, in terms of the category of mesit, of seducing somebody to sin, enticing them to sin, one could really say that that is not about the sin, it's about how you're hurting the person, what you're doing to them religiously. And in this case, we really would look at the much bigger picture that you are bringing them close to a Shabbat experience and a world of Torah and mitzvot. And one could add to all of this, of course, the fact that, um, you know, which I have often thought that uh, people are going to be driving anyway uh, on Shabbat. You know, if they're not coming to spend the Shabbos with you, they're driving to the movies. And if they're spending the Shabbos with you, then most of the hours that they're going to be with you are in the shul. They're not doing any, you know, those hours, they're not doing any violations. And if they were, you know, at home, who knows that, you know, different ways in which, in which Shabbos violations would occur. So from this perspective, even if one sort of focuses on, I am causing them for, you know, being involved in this particular sin, in terms of the issue of Macy, that really would not seem to apply here. We really should be looking at that big picture, big picture both that you're helping somebody in terms of getting closer to Torah and Mitzvot and also big picture that you are... um, uh, you know, saving them from a lot of Chilul Shabbat that they would otherwise most likely be doing. Um, the last thing that I should say here about thinking about the implication of Rav Moshe's tshuva are two other sort of scenarios in which this occurs. One is not only inviting people to come on Shabbat, but having having a um, a parking lot open near the shul. Is that really sort of giving a a hechsher, are you really in that way sort of saying, not only we know some people will drive, we don't might not approve of it, but we know they'll drive, but we want them to spend the Shabbat with us, but is having a parking lot open basically saying, it doesn't bother us that you drive to show on Shabbat. And there are a lot of Orthodox shows um, nowadays and in the time of Rav Moshe that would, of course, try to bring people to come even if they knew people had to drive, but would not have the parking lot open. And the final uh, interesting thing to think about, which is a major issue in Israel, is what happens when there's a Shabbos bris um, and, you know, your relatives are not Orthodox. And if you tell them that this is a Shabbos bris, then uh, you're going to get 20 people driving to come to the bris on Shabbat. Uh, And they're not spending the whole Shabbos experience with you. You know, they're just going to be there for the bris. But you're also not just talking about an individual. Like all the guests are going to come and you're inviting the guests. So even if you don't invite them. Normally, we inform people about a bris, but anyway, it's clear when you're dealing with friends and relatives. So here there actually are a number of ma'alim that will refuse to do a Shabbos bris um, in cases where non-Orthodox Jews will, uh, or non-Shabbos observant Jews, I should say, will be driving uh, to the shul on Shabbat or will be driving to the bris. They actually refuse to do a Shabbat bris. Others feel that it's, uh, no, you know, this is a mitzvah to do the brit on Shabbat. You would not, you should not delay a brit after the eighth day. And if people choose to drive, you know, that is not uh, our concern. Our concern is to do the mitzvah on the right day. So here it becomes interesting because here it's a question of, I have a mitzvah to do, 
and is my doing of my mitzvah, you know, going to impact you and somehow be an occasion for you to sin? Um, and that is a certain, like, a different type of a calculus than the one we've been seeing. So what we see, we've seen here is that Rav Moshe Feinstein, continuing to focus on the sin and not the bigger picture of hurting or helping the person, um, speaks about, you know, even in these chinuch contexts, that it's a, it's a real problem, and that when there's no other option and you've extended the invitation, creates this new category of mesit, which we can intuitively understand is, um, you know, we can intuitively understand that it's a real problem when your invitation, because they're responding to your invitation, you know, it necessitates Shabbat. Um, and at the other hand, and there, um, there is, here might be specifically the place to adopt a Rav Shlomo Zaman approach and to ask bigger picture whether you are helping or hurting the person. Thank you for listening, and we really look forward to continuing with Igris Moshe A to Z. One more episode on Lifna Iver, and then we'll be moving on to the letter M. We really hope you'll come back and take care. Thanks for listening to Igros Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dove Linzer, now celebrating over 10,000 listens. This podcast is brought to you by Yeshivat Chovave Torah and is a project of the Lindenbaum Center for Halachic Studies. With close to 150 rabbis in the field, YCT is leading and inspiring Klal Israel with a Torah that is nuanced, compassionate, and contemporary. Check out yctorah.org to learn more.